Well, a very pleasant, good Wednesday. Some people call it hump day still, the end of the week, almost the end of the month, matter of fact. But yes, indeed, we're at the Detroit Economic Lunch at the Masonic Temple. In fact, our WJR business briefs from uh, Lloyd Jackson is coming up. Well, he's still standing here, so it's coming up soon uh, The uh, from the JR Morning Show, Guy, Lloyd, and uh, Jamie. And uh, we appreciate the honor of him doing that and the honor of being the only a radio or television station invited to be at these wonderful events. And today, a very special one for me, being a very proud graduate of the University of Michigan with daughter Natalie, who graduated from the Stamps School, uh, Adam, who graduated and is now uh, living uh, out of the country in Spain doing work, and uh, and Sophie, who is a junior now in the Raw School of Business. So we are a Michigan family uh, through and through, and to be able to welcome the president of the University of Michigan, the esteemed speaker here at the Economic Club today, is a big honor for me. Uh, president Santa Ono, God bless you for everything you've been doing, and welcome to the program. Thank you very much. It's my honor to be here at WJR with you. Well, it's our honor. Look, they even got the fight song up. Huh? I didn't even have to tell them. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. And things have been going very well for our Wolverines and our football team. Uh, not as much for our coach, but I do appreciate, and I wasn't going to get into this yet, but here I will, I do appreciate your support, uh, unwavering support of Jim Harbaugh and of the Michigan football team. And, in fact, you tweeted, deep down, your players must know you care about them. This is the most important thing they know in the long run that I'm in their corner. You are in the corner of Jim Harbaugh on the football team, and that is good leadership at a time when the team is dealing with adversity. And I know you borrowed a little from Bo Schembechler Schembechler to say that. That's for sure. And I loved it when I saw that. Thank you so much. They deserve it. Um, These are incredible scholar-athletes. In fact, uh, the vast majority of our scholar-athletes are extraordinary in the classroom as well as on the field or on the court or on the pool. And they deserve our support. And our coaches are extraordinary as well. And they represent the University of Michigan. And so they need to know that we're in their corner. Absolutely. I am so glad to hear you say that, Mr. President. And, you know, you've been here now over a year. So you get to take the bragging rights of you being the president with two victories in a row. Or is it three now? Three victories now. You get a couple of them of beating Ohio State. It's incredible, and, uh, you know, they are a formidable team, as you know, and uh, they played so, so well without Harbaugh on the sidelines, so I'm incredibly proud of them. I wrote a note to Jim saying, just like your own children, you've taught these kids, his other sons, how to do things and to do them without dad there. The mark of a great coach is that even if they're not there, they coach like he would. Yep. And as you heard uh, Harbaugh say uh, to Sharon, he wouldn't have called any of the calls differently. Oh, than he did. at the best. And Sharon is 4-0, as you know, which yeah. is extraordinary against some tough competition, including Penn State and Ohio State. So we're very proud of him and the whole team. Well, it's, it's a lot to be proud of, that's for sure. Now I want to talk about something a little uh, sad. On the other hand, we should celebrate the life of Charlie Munger who is a dear friend of yours, a dear friend of the University of Michigan, and a fellow graduate. He's an incredible person. He was very generous uh, with the University of Michigan. If you walk through the iconic law school, 
it's beautiful because of his generosity the quad uh, he brought it to life with lights and uh, one of the most uh, imaginative uh, graduate school residences carries his name and it is by definition interdisciplinary in nature bringing students from different schools together to talk about all of the different issues of the day and uh, I had the privilege of meeting him just several days ago uh, in his home in LA and uh, you know he's a legend uh, for what he says what he stands for He's made a lot of institutions and people a lot of money, as you know, through Berkshire Hathaway with Warren Buffett. But what really impresses me is that he rises uh, out of adversity. Uh, I don't know if you know, but his nine-year-old son died. I didn't know um, that. And uh, of cancer. Hmm. And so, you know, he, I tweeted out a quote, uh, maybe not on Twitter, on Facebook and LinkedIn, about uh, something he talked about in terms of self-pity. And, and basically what he said is that he doesn't have a lot of time for people who have self-pity because he um, has lost, lost if, anyone had, right, if anyone had a right if anyone had a right he can, did and his, and his son right and so he's an inspiration we'll miss him uh, incredible brilliant uh, generous man and, and if you don't know right away it's you, you might not know the name Charlie Munger you know the name Warren Buffett but he was Warren Buffett's closest partner and right-hand man according to Warren and, uh, and and a lot of people like Charlie that get to know him. Not everybody likes Warren, but everybody likes Charlie Munger. Incredible guy. And uh, in 2013, he gave uh, to the University of Michigan what was the most generous donation in university history at that time to establish the Munger Graduate Residences. So, uh, as I say, he was truly a member of the family. He was a graduate of the University of Michigan, and he was a good friend of yours. I knew you had just met with him within the last two weeks, you say now. Uh, several days in one of his great quotes in my whole life I have known no wise people over a broad subject matter area I have known no wise people who didn't read all the time none zero absolutely he's always reading you could see piles of books on his cocktail table uh, what an incredible person an incredible person and we were we were lucky to have him and you were lucky enough to call him friend. I, it has been a year, President Ono. A little bit longer than that. A little longer than It was October? That's right. Right? Uh, so uh, a little over a year. How about some of your highlights of your first year at Michigan? There are so many. It's kind of hard to choose from. We talked a little bit about the, uh, the three-peat against Ohio State. But right. in terms of academics, I would say what I'm most proud of is what we're doing in the city of Detroit. And as you know, the University of Michigan has been talking about uh, building a significant innovation center in Detroit for about five years. And we got that across the line with the support of our regents, and I'm very grateful. Also, from, for the transformational gift from Stephen Ross. Stephen Ross, Christopher uh, Illich. Ab absolutely, Christopher Illich. And uh, also the state of, of, of Michigan with uh, Governor Whitmer. And so we're going to be putting up a $250 million new building. We're breaking the ground uh, in, I think, December 14th. And it's going to be an incredible place. There will be multiple graduate programs that come out of there. They're going to be out, there's going to be outreach to schools in Detroit. Um, there's going to be upskilling and reskilling of uh, Michiganders to get them prepared for the workforce. 
Um, it's really going to be a spark plug for economic development in the state of Michigan, and couldn't be more grateful for everyone involved. We're putting our own money into it, so ultimately be about a half a billion dollar investment in the city of Detroit. And we should do that because the University of Michigan was founded in Detroit, and I want this to be known not only the University of Michigan, but the University for Michigan. Beautiful. The U of M Center for Innovation in Detroit. Christopher Illich, Stephen Ross, the state of Michigan, and the University of of Michigan. I want to tell you some of the things uh, uh, that I like about you. Stop the music. Don't start the music yet because we're not leaving just yet. One of the things uh, that I like about you was your sensible take on the horrific things that have happened in our world as of late. Your statements, violence, never the answer. Yet today our campus communities are reeling in the wake of the horrific attack by Hamas terrorists on Israeli citizens and the immense loss of civilian lives. Why was that sensible line so missing in so many universities and places that we have held in high regard? Harvard comes to mind and other places. What the heck has gone wrong with education where students, they can be, listen, I'm Arab, I'm half Lebanese, but I don't go for terrorism for any reason whatsoever, bringing in innocents, children, women, elderly and killing them like that you can be angry with the way israel treats the palestinians in the gaza strip i understand that believe me i do but what was in the education of these kids that are out there seemingly supportive of hamas and against israel well i don't want to criticize the students i think that they all have their individual stories they're uh, they know have loved ones who've lost lives, and, and so I don't want to be critical of the students. But I think it's important for institutions through their leaders to speak with moral clarity about terrorism and violence being wrong. And that's why I said what I said, and I stand by what well, I said. I, I'm glad you, <laughs> I get emotional, but you brought it back to what I meant, and that is there's moral clarity in the institution we know as the University of Michigan through your leadership. And we need to talk about those things because... We're not only a place for scientific research, we're a place to form human beings and citizens. And society depends upon that, and we will continue to do so. What a pleasure and privilege having you on. All I ask, and I say this in front of the guys that are the, the gatekeepers, we want to have you on on a semi-regular basis. You always have important things to say, and we have a pretty good size audience for you to talk to. It would be my honor and privilege. Our, uh, wonderful to talk to you. Our honor. And privilege, and go blue this Saturday. Go blue. Go blue. The president of the University of Michigan and the honored guest here, featured speaker, President Santa Ono, here with Paul W. Smith on WJR. Our next guest has more than 30 years of experience in health centers, industry, universities. She's been responsible for creative innovations, entrepreneurial discovery, strategic planning, renowned pediatric endocrinologist, and investigator who's published more than 190 papers and books. She is a sought-after speaker on a range of topics, including education, leadership, health care, and women's issues. She was elected uh, an elected member of the National Academy of Medicine. Oh, and by the way, she happens to be the esteemed president of Oakland University. Dr. Ora Hirsch-Peskovitz, thank you for being with us again. Nice to catch up with you. Thanks so much, Paul W. I love being here with you. Well, we'll have to have you more often. It would be my pleasure. We're going to make sure that that happens because uh, you've done an incredible job uh, since becoming president. She's increased student and academic success, scholarship, and community engagement. 
And you focused uh, major efforts on diversity, equity, inclusion, and sustainability very successfully. I hope so. That's been our goal. It has worked that way. One of the things we keep hearing about in Michigan, first of all, we don't have enough people, and we're not attracting enough people, and we are trying to work on that. But even before that, we always heard of brain drain. We always heard of people who would get their education and leave Michigan. And I think that uh, that Oakland University is kind of working on that, maybe has a little different take on it. We do. And, you know, we're very concerned about students who graduate college and then take their wonderful education and leave and go to other states and we export some of that great education and I don't think that's so bad because we fertilize the rest of the country with the wonderful education that students receive here but at Oakland it's our goal to keep those great students here and we're very proud of the fact that we're the number one brain gain institution in Michigan. Well that's a good thing to hear we don't hear brain gain we only hear about brain drain expand on that brain gain a little bit well when our students graduate uh, over 96 percent of them stay right here in michigan and get jobs in southeast michigan and these are very very high paying jobs and we're very proud of that fact and so uh, we believe that that's exactly what our education is meant to do it's meant to give them great tremendous opportunities and in fact the wall street journal just this year did an analysis of students and universities across the country and determined that oakland university is ranked number one in michigan for social mobility and that means it takes a look at students where they start and then looks to see how they advance and our students um, have great high-paying jobs when they graduate and it's due to the fact that we're in a terrific location and they see no reason to go look elsewhere for jobs out of state because they have tremendous opportunities right here in Michigan. We have a great pipeline and it's a combination of offering a great education but then connecting with great businesses right here in Michigan. Wow, and and I know too, Dr. Peskovitz, uh, in our conversations about Oakland University in the past, you've really uh, prided yourself and the university's uh, efforts at making getting a university degree more affordable. That's right, accessible and affordable. So one example of that is that if a family has a combined earning right now, of less than $70,000 a year, they can attend Oakland University tuition-free. Wow. And so that is really a terrific benefit for all families. That's a combination of um, federal support, state support. I really want to applaud the governor and our legislature right now for the Michigan Achievement Scholarship Award and our own uh, institutional support, which is a combination of Oakland University support and philanthropy. And that makes it really, really accessible. And then again, I want to comment on an analysis that was done by the Wall Street Journal that shows that if you do have to graduate with some debt, it will take you no more than one year and seven months to pay off that debt. And so it's an amazing thing. You know, people talk about the fact that it doesn't make sense to go to college. It's so expensive to go to college. It's inaccessible and it's unaffordable. And I want to challenge that notion because it's either free 
or you're going to be able to pay off that debt That's, in less than two years. You know, uh, uh, we're with Dr. Ora Hirsch Peskovitz, the president of Oakland University. That is that is almost unthinkable to hear that if you do get a college debt, that you could get out of it within a year and seven months. We don't really hear that kind of a story very often. Right, and that's why I'm here to dispel all of those myths about a college education because it is the best single investment that a young person can make or even an older person who hasn't been to college yet. Do you have many people coming in uh, past the usual age we would expect? We do, but we don't have enough of them. And actually, I hope that you have some listeners that are maybe not in college or have some college but no degree that are thinking about coming back because that is a group of people that we really need to attract because when they do get a college degree, their income earning potential is dramatically improved. And, and it will be accessible and affordable for people of a, of a senior age or later yeah, age than the Yeah, even your average. age or mine, right. Well, we're not even close to that. I'm a lot older than you, so I don't know but about that. But, yeah. <laughs> but if it's but if it's taking care of the seniors, <laughs> I couldn't think of a word. How to? I, I don't know those that are past the uh, traditional going to college age yeah. uh, is what I kind of mean. Yes, can but they adults. get financial adults? That's another good. Yeah, I mean, can they get financial aid? They can. They absolutely can. We make every effort to offer tuition support to students of any age. Wow, that's fabulous. So uh, you have any new buildings, by the way, on campus before yes, I let have, you go? You know, I saw you at one of our concerts uh, not long ago oh, at the Beach Boys. Uh, uh, that, uh, yes, I didn't get to get around the campus very much, and I found myself out on stage introducing them, which I wasn't planning on. Yeah, and you gave me a shout-out. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> good, I'm glad I did. <laughs> I don't even remember, but uh, I, I remember. didn't see the campus. So there's new buildings? And Lots of new buildings, and um, our oldest building where the students had their first classes in 1957, that's being renovated, South Foundation Hall. The very proud... And mover and shaker, president of Oakland University, Dr. Ora Hirsch Peskovitz. God bless you. Keep up the good work. And don't be a stranger around these parts. God bless you, too. We continue on WJR. And I uh, I really enjoyed our conversation with President Santa Ono. That'll be available uh, online at, uh, well, thegreatvoice.com, the podcast, or you can download the WJR app for streaming wherever you are. You can hear a stream through WJR.com, Alexa, or Google Home. And I want to thank you for streaming and also for downloading podcasts like our show if you can't be here noon to two. And I hear maybe Lloyd Jackson was saying they might want to run a bit of that uh, President Ono's uh, conversation uh, tomorrow in JR Mornings with uh, Guy, Lloyd, and Jamie. That'd be great. I'd love people to hear it. Very interesting, very sharp fellow. All right. Speaking of interesting, sharp fellows, Eben Brown is here, Fox News correspondent, WJR contributor. Good afternoon, Eben. Hello there. Good afternoon. The CIA director holding a secret meeting. Does anyone else see the humor in me saying a guy is having a secret meeting? Does that not... I mean, that used to... That used to raise eyebrows, but it doesn't anymore because there are well, no secret meetings. Well, well, I mean, that's sort of the, the funny thing is, is you know, is, is how secret could it possibly be? Obviously not, not all that secret. I, I think obviously the secret is probably what the uh, details of what they were discussing. Uh, but this was a meeting in Qatar uh, with uh, the, uh, the head of Mossad. 
uh, along with the Qatari officials that have been trying to broker an extended ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, uh, all while for arranging the transfers of, uh, of hostages and Israeli uh, prisoners or, or uh, Palestinian uh, prisoners in, in an Israeli prison. Uh, and uh, there is an interest for the United States to keep pressuring uh, Israel for a, uh, a further or longer ceasefire. Uh, Israel, however, is ready to resume its military operations in Gaza against Hamas. Uh, we've just received word that the sixth and final exchange of, uh, of hostages uh, has been made from uh, Hamas to the International Red Cross, uh, who will provide transportation through Egypt and then back into Israel. Uh, where uh, both the IDF and, and medical teams will take over at that point, as we've been seeing all week. Uh, but Israel seems to be quite intent on resuming its military operations. So uh, unless something changes here really within the next few hours, I suspect that starts up again. I don't think another ceasefire is going to happen uh, you know, unless there is some real movement to release more and more hostages and not just these handfuls that have been coming day to day. Uh, there, uh, you know, Israel is uh, really of the mindset here that Hamas is totally free to hand over all the hostages right away, and doesn't necessarily need to do it through Qatar uh, for any reason. But uh, that's been the way it's been going. You know, I um, just being an observer for all these years, um, I'm just wondering what uh, the United States has done with its relationship with Israel, because I'm certain they're not happy that they are having to wage this war uh, with the help, quote-unquote, of the United States. If it were up to them, uh, I don't believe they'd be doing things this way. Uh, probably not, uh, but uh, you, it's hard to tell. You know, I, I think there's certainly an appetite to go after Hamas without reprieve. Uh, but at the same time, there are 240-some-odd uh, hostages that were take, taken in total. I think we've seen 60-some-odd returns so far. Uh, how do you then uh, explain to a family, no, we're not going to take this stop to retrieve your loved one? Uh, that's a very real conversation people like Benjamin Netanyahu uh, have to have with uh, the citizens of Israel. And I want to explain something uh, for people who have not never been to Israel or have never been to a, a small country, uh, either geographically or population-wise, which is what Israel is. There are nine million people uh, in a country this you know size of New Jersey or so, uh, and uh, you know most Americans never actually see their president in the flesh. They they the president to them is an image on a TV screen or a photograph or something right, like that. Right. Uh, it's very likely you run into high-ranking government officials on the street in Israel. It's it's uh, maybe not the, the prime minister, but. Uh, but high-ranking members of, of the Knesset, of the parliament, for sure. So Many uh, years ago, on one of my very visits, I, I was able to interview uh, Netanyahu. I was able to interview, this is how long ago this was, Teddy Pollack, who was the, the mayor of Jerusalem at that time. So you're right. I mean, they're very assess accessible um, to media people like me and to the normal, regular people who are just walking around the streets. It is different, that's for sure. But they also have a different view of protecting their country and truly believe they could be completely annihilated by someone, and that makes them kind of stand up at times well, like certainly, this. It certainly does. I mean, Hamas has made no secret of it. Uh, there's uh, The only people, I think, deluding themselves into thinking that Hamas isn't looking to annihilate the Jewish state are the, its supporters in the U.S. 
Yeah, which still for the life of me, you can be upset with the way Israel has treated the Palestinians and for good reason. But how you can also stand for that kind of terrorist activity under any circumstances just is beyond me. So whatever. Evan, always a pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Evan Brown, Fox News correspondent, WJR contributor, and Marie Osborne is coming up next here on WJR. Well, you see the front page of the newspaper. This happens to be the uh, Detroit News. GM Ways bringing back hybrids. Possible move would put it on path of similar, similar to rivals and, frankly, other countries. And General Motors does appear to be eyeing that possibility of bringing hybrid vehicles to their North American lineup in an effort to boost sales. Now, this would be that departure for the automaker, which, as we know, has gone full throttle on electric vehicle development and marketing. Let me just say, as I've always said, trying to please the government is never going to work. The government's not in the car business. They would have destroyed it long ago if they were in that business. But be that as it may, we can all talk amongst ourselves and hear what our WJR senior news analyst, Marie Osborne, Uh, has to say about this with more details. Good afternoon, Marie. Hello, Paul. The possibility of GM taking a sidestep on its all-electric future would be a big move for the car maker, which has put all of its efforts into pushing an all-electric fleet. In a statement yesterday, GM spokesperson George Spigo said no final decision has been made on this topic and the company continues to study consumer preferences and powertrain options to ensure to uh, the best response to customer demand and complying with an uncertain, complex and increasingly stringent regulatory landscape for 2027 and beyond. Detroit News Auto reporter Kaylee Hall says that the idea seems to be consumer-centered as well. Electric vehicle sales have been anemic, to say the least. You know, hybrids are still pretty popular. Toyota has really been, I would say, the the leader in North America for hybrids. So they're still out there, and they're and they're the sales have actually been doing, you know, they've been doing quite well, um, better than, you know, BEVs. And BEVs, of course, are battery-operated uh, electric vehicles. GM might be uh, considering the idea that a hybrid will be the best way, uh, sort of a gateway for reluctant consumers to go full EV. It still is scary for people to think, um, you know, there's only one way to make this thing go, and it requires me to charge it. And we are creatures of habit, and we like to do the things that we know, right? So if you've been going to a gas station for 50 years, transitioning over to a battery electric vehicle is definitely scary. So here's a look at some of the numbers. Hybrids account for about 11% of the market. That's up 6.5% from last year. According to Edmonds, EVs have about 7.5% of the market right now. And uh, we're, that's about what where they're at this fall. 25% of Toyota sales in North America are hybrids right now. Japan's number one car maker, well, they're on track to reach 50% hybrid sales in uh, just a couple of years. And of course, Paul, you know, Toyota and Ford Motor Company have kept, they, they've kept producing these hybrid options for consumers. But well, didn't they have a deal that they were going to work together on something and then that broke up? I, I'm, I don't know that. I'm just, I, I'm trying to remember what that was. But be that as may, forget I said that. Here's what I do know. Uh, the car companies are being forced to be 10 to 20 years ahead 
of the people's wants and desires in the car business. You can write that down. You can take it to the bank. 10 to 20 years ahead. And by the way, I won't mention any brand names. I had a hybrid, and I hated the hybrid. In fact, the best part of that vehicle I ever had was a diesel vehicle, and it was spectacular, and we've skipped right by diesels in America. But the hybrid was a 2020 hybrid. Maybe they're better now. I'd plug it into the wall in the garage for two days and get maybe 15 to 29 miles out of it. Two days plugged in the garage. Now, I know you want to put in the thousands of dollars quick charger, but here's what you get with the hybrid, at least what I got. A smaller gas tank, so you feel as if you're getting terrible mileage because you have to pull over and fill the car much more often. And a much heavier car, so you really do get fewer miles to the gallon or electrode or whatever, battery, whatever. So don't ask me about hybrids because I had one. Let me ask you this, though. If I said don't you... ask me about okay. hybrids. Oh, okay. <laughs> but let me ask you this, though. Do you think that because there was this giant push to full EV, that maybe the research and, you know, development of the hybrid was kind of put aside, and now they're thinking, oh, maybe we shouldn't have put that quite aside so quickly. Oh, yeah, there's I no mean, doubt. there were bugs they had to iron out, right? Like the ones I just explained. Yep. But yep. let me say this. There's no question that our sad people in the auto industry have been pushed into areas that they would never have gone had they had the opportunity to do it through careful planning, research and development to do what they do and have done well for over 100 years, and that is make cars. And they've had to do what they've done now in telling people how the cars they're trying to sell now to make a profit so they can spend money to buy, to build hybrids or all-electric cars. I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it again. It's the toughest industry in the world right now. Here, do you want to buy this old-fashioned car that we're telling you is old-fashioned and not going to be in style or even available for you to use in 10 years because you need an electric, but we don't quite have them yet? Uh, I'm sorry, Marie. I, I'm very... <laughs> Sorry, it's a touchy, I brought it up. It's a touchy subject for me. And yeah. it's sad because these folks in the car business, from the dealers to the suppliers to the OEMs, are suffering. And, and they're going to suffer more. And our lives depend on it here. Well, our do, lives they, depend they, on they it. They do around here. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Marie Osborne, WJR Senior News Analyst. Lots to talk about. Lots to enjoy. Another hour here of Focus with Paul W. Smith right here on News Talk 760 WJR or the greatvoice.com podcast or stream us. And here we are. And uh, this is a, a great event here. And we are thrilled to be asked to be here at the Detroit Economic Club. The lunch this time again at the Masonic Temple. And we thank Jan Kidd, guest services manager here at the Masonic, for taking such good care of us uh, to get our setup for. Uh, uh, all the things, all the work that goes on behind the scenes. And we're thrilled uh, to be able to bring you the people that we have. And if you miss them or if you can't be here noon to 2, anytime, uh, go to thegreatvoice.com for the podcast or for the whole show. In fact, we uh, encourage you streaming. You download the WJR app for streaming wherever you are. We have a lot of folks in this area going to Florida for the winter. We want you to take us along. And I hear from people who do so, 
and love it because it it kind of keeps them updated on what's going on back home, which is a good thing. So you can stream through WJR.com, Alexa, or Google Home. We love it when you listen. We love it when you stream. Do you know today is, um, and I, there's only one guy here I think I have to tell because he's pretty much on his own, and that's Dave Rieger. Dave, today is throw out your leftovers day. Really? Yeah. Okay. And and let's hope all of your Thanksgiving feast is long gone because it's got to be starting to turn colors. I would say, yeah. 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 You never eat anything that's turned green in your uh, in your refrigerator. So today is throw out your leftovers day. And uh, certainly, honest to goodness, uh, if they're Thanksgiving uh, foods, they I think it's time. I'm not a big leftovers guy, but uh, I will make sure to clean out the refrigerator. I was not a big leftovers guy, but I am kind of now. Kim has taught me how. It just makes sense. You don't want to waste food. Yeah. And I don't waste food, but I, I don't eat food that's been, you know, around for that long. Uh, one week from tonight is Blaine and Lauren's Acoustic Christmas. This is our uh, our colleagues on our FM station, uh, WDVD 96.3, and uh, Blaine and Lauren do the morning show over there. We support them completely, as always. And they still have tickets remaining for Blaine and Lauren's Acoustic Christmas one week from tonight. And you can go to 963wdvd.com to get your tickets. That's 963wdvd.com. Get your tickets. I bet it's going to be a lot of fun. Blaine and Lauren's Acoustic Christmas. Have you ever, have any of you, either of you ever gone? Andrew? Did you ever go? You did? Oh, I have. It's a blast. It's a blast. So, it's gonna Andrew. The, it's going to be at the Fillmore, right? Uh, doesn't say on here. Yeah, it's going to be at the Fillmore, yeah. And uh, you might even have a car crashing into the box office if you're lucky. Or not so lucky. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they're going to get that fixed. Believe me, they'll get that fixed very quickly. <laughs> they ask for you to share this on social media if you're so inclined. This is a note from Blaine, and I wanted to give him support. Now, Andrew uh, actually went to this. Tell us about it. It's a blast. We're collecting toys for uh, Toys for Tots, so if you can bring a brand new unwrapped toy, uh, we'll be collecting them the night of. All right, very good, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Toys for Tots, Andrew, because uh, our good friend Ken Lingenfelter is also doing a fundraiser, toy raiser, if you will, Toys Toys for Tots, coming up this Saturday. I've got the flyer here, Holiday Toy Drive and Open House for Toys for Tots. You can never have too many. It's from 12 noon until 3 p.m. on December 2nd at the Lingenfelter Collection, which is at 7819 Lachlan Drive in Brighton. Holiday Toy Drive and Open House Benefiting Toys for Tots. That's coming up this Saturday. Is this Saturday, December 2nd? This Saturday. uh, And the Toys for Tots charities attendees will be invited to view the cars in the collection. This is a phenomenal private collection of vehicles it is amazing and it's private except ken and his wife open it up for special occasions like this to raise money so god bless you ken lingenfelter and mrs lingenfelter and the whole family there it'll be this saturday to see those cars in the collection they're incredible from noon till three just bring some toys for the kids because they're helping toys for tots the holiday drive open house at the Lingenfelter Collection, Lachlan Drive in Brighton. It is, believe me, worth seeing. You can get some pictures with Santa and have some refreshments that they provide 
as well. God bless you again and again, Ken Lingenfelter. Uh, notes, notes. I had another note here. Oh, how about this one? Anybody ever have a Dutch girl donut? You remember the Dutch girl donuts? Yeah. Go ahead. Can you you can talk? Does that work? Does that get you on the air? Who me? Yeah. Yeah, you. <laughs> Who me? I'm yeah. looking only at you. You said you waved your head. You've gone to, uh, yeah, to it's Dutch a girl place donuts over by the old state fairgrounds. Did you say uh, Rieger that you have? I have probably have had one in the past. Yeah. I'm Andrew, sure. are you too young to remember this? Or I, I think I'm a little too young to remember. Yeah. It, it, great donuts, and the great news is that the Dutch Girl Donuts are going to reopen early 2024 because our friends, uh, the Lynch family, have purchased this. They were close friends with the Trimmer family, who for years ran, owned, and operated, and then the mom and dad died. And so the Lynch family said, well, we want to keep that going there. It's that famous donut shop on Woodward Avenue in Seven Mile. They were serving the area for more than 70 years. And you know Mary Callahan Lynch because she's the artistic director of the Motor City Lyric Opera, and she sings with us on the St. Patrick's Day celebration, which I, I'm apparently going to be hosting again, which I'm thrilled with. I'm excited about. So uh, that's uh, that's the family, the, the Lynch family, who are going to reopen the donut shop. And that's uh, there was a special bond between the Lynch family and the, the uh, Timmer family who founded Dutch Girl in 1947. They'll be reopening under the Lynch's ownership early 2024. That is great. I Does anyone not love a good donut? I love. Yeah, I might even, when they're warm. Donuts I, are good. I, I might even love a not great donut. But when it's a great donut, that makes it special. And now, Rieger, you've just planted in my, my head a warm donut. And the, and the, times, the only times I remember getting warm donuts was at a at a cider mill. You know, like the Franklin cider mill right. or whatever. Yeah. And you get a, like a cinnamon or just a plain donut, warm, with that cold, delicious, fresh apple cider. Oh! And the bag that has the grease soaking right through Yeah, it, it does soak <laughs> right through I think it's because they don't think they're going to be in the bag very long uh, because it does soak through there, and you can see it. Which makes the bag a little weak. People do love the cider mill donuts. Oh, it's just there's something about them very special. I have had none this year. I got to get out there with Kimmy and go to one of the cider mills. A couple other quick notes. Ah, this is a serious one. I'll get rid of the funnier ones. Uh, this two twenty five hundred dollar Louis Vuitton boots that look like a human leg. That's okay. uh, somebody says here. It looks kind of creepy. No, it is creepy. A little bit, yeah. Twenty five hundred dollar boots that you wear that make it look like your your bare leg. I guess uh, not for me. How about Mark Cuban? I first heard he was leaving Shark Tank, and now I know why. He's selling the majority Maverick steak to the Adelson family that have you know the in the betting. Vegas right. but casino. He's still, but he's still going to run the team. He though. gets to run the team. Yeah. But he gets to pocket about $3.5 billion. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a quite unique uh, situation for the NBA because you don't, you don't have somebody right. who sells majority stake and then still can run right. it. But I'm just going to say this. He had to leave Shark Tank because all those other sharks would be so jealous that he was so much wealthier than any of them. He's got to be. Yeah, Mr. With Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful is probably getting up, upset. Yeah, <laughs> not so wonderful. Three and a half billion. But anyway, quickly, this is a serious note, and it's just as well that we're going to a break. I have railed against the Osprey aircraft 
since I was in Philadelphia when they were first starting to be built. They're a piece of junk that have been kept alive because of the money and the business made from making this plane at the cost of our American soldiers' lives. Another one has just crashed with six people on board, at least one person dead, maybe more. The V-22 Osprey aircraft is a piece of junk and it should be taken out of service. I hope the manufacturers or the military or somebody comes after me for this because we could use the real attention. And if you ever saw their record, you would understand why I'm angry. But I remember it back when a congressman went to prison because he was getting paid off by somebody to keep the Osprey. Oh, this upsets me. Okay, got to take a break, and I'm glad. Let's continue on WJR. All right. He gets a reprieve. I don't know what else he can say about treetops that I haven't already said, but I'm willing to find out because our good friend Barry Owens, general manager of Treetops Resort, very busy today, unexpectedly so, because as we announced yesterday from Frankenmuth, somebody let the cat out of the bag and said, you know what, Treetops is opening for skiing already. So, Barry, I'm I'm guessing you're very, very busy there. We're excited. So uh, the the slopes actually open at 4 o'clock today, Paul. And um, so you've got time when you're done with your show to hop in your vehicle <laughs> yeah. and get up here because I know how you like to snowboard. I know people don't know that about you. you I don't like to tell people about I don't like people to know about me and my uh, snowboarding expertise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we call you the flying tomato, Junior. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for that. So how are yeah. you, Barry? Everything good? You must have been thrilled when you realized you had enough snow to do this. And, uh, it's been awesome. It's the uh, the staff has been working really, really hard, and uh, you know, and mother Ma- mother nature has been nice with some cold temps, and of course, you know, the, the majority of the state, you know, got hit with some snow, uh, and we got a we got boy over eight inches of natural snow up there early this week, and uh, it continues to kind of do some flurries. So yeah, we're excited to be open from four to eight today. We've got couple lifts open um, skiable like 40 percent of our skiable terrain and then we'll take the day off friday uh i'm sorry thursday and then we'll reopen on friday saturday and sunday and uh can bull looks like we'll be able to be making snow all through that time too so very excited that is exciting you could be of the first this is pretty early for you isn't it um it is we've actually been open a little bit earlier but um we're pretty we're pretty excited and proud of the fact our team's been able to make this happen and um, um, to my knowledge we'll be the first resort here in northern Michigan open and everybody's opening this weekend so we kind of got a little little jump and um, I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of our team for doing that all right just want to make it clear four to eight today and then you are going to be closing tomorrow Thursday and yep. then the original opening for virtually everybody up there. Uh, will happen Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So absolutely, that's yep. excellent news. And and uh, for reservations, you can call 866-348-5249, 866-348-5249. Or, of course, you can go online to info at treetops.com and get yourself up there to uh, 3962 Wilkinson Road in Gaylord. Uh, because it, it's a wonderful resort with so many great things. I, I kind of regaled our listeners with things that I was picking up off of your website 
including the spa, all the things that you can do, the on-site uh, dining, uh, really comfortable lodging. That spa I mentioned, the deluxe spa, on-site dining options, plenty of them. It's just a lot of fun. And, you know, you're one of the few places that has year-round activities because you're so well-known for your golf and you're now so well-known for, for the ski season. You so yeah. much going on. It really, it, it really is. It's, uh, it's, it's a neat transition. And um, I tell people, you know, one of the neatest things I'm involved in is making snow. And um, it's, uh, it's all there waiting for people. If you go onto our website and go to our snow report page, you can see the pictures of it. If, um, Cause it, it, it is, there's a lot there and um, we got great specials like tonight and this weekend. I mean, it's $25 lift ticket for people, which um, is, is, you know, is a, is a great bargain. And, um, and for kids, you know, six and under, it's just $5. So, uh, you know, if you're looking maybe to just shoot away for a night for the weekend or whatever, like you say, and get up and take advantage of things, we're, we're here and ready for you. Well, you, if you get there today between four and eight, you can uh, have the honors of saying you were probably the first to really ski in the great state of Michigan. Cause most of the places are going to open this weekend, including treetops of course anything else we need to know barry just uh you know everybody continue to do their snow dance and um you know getting ready for the uh the big holiday season that's coming up so thanks paul well thank you barry i look forward to seeing you soon barry owens general manager treetops resort they're ready today four till eight now they're going to be off tomorrow and then open for the weekend as previously planned give them a call at 866-348- 5249-866-348-5249, Treetops Resort. Wanted you to know about it as we continue on WJR. You know, there's a lot going on out there. We got wars. We got uh, an election that's coming up that a lot of people are looking at like a circus at best. Uh, we got at least $33 trillion in debt and rising. And speaking of rising, that would include our income taxes, inflation spun out of control. What are you doing with your retirement to ensure that you don't go down with the ship the next time? You know, like 2008? If you're anywhere near or in retirement, I have a question for you. Do you have enough money set aside in all those taxable retirement accounts that you can afford to see cut in half? Can you spend years waiting for it to come back at this stage in your life? I, I, know, I know I can't. I, I doubt that you can. The biggest irony in the financial market is that for so many years now, we've been basically forced to play the game, watch the stock market rise and fall since before COVID. But now, folks, now at potentially one of the trickiest times to be a retirement investor in the last 30 years, the fixed rates are high again. The CDs the good old-fashioned annuities like government notes. Just at the time when the horizon looks the stormiest, there's a window of calm and security in one direction. The time to talk to a real retirement specialist is now, and we have the best in Chris Alberta at Principium. Let him show you what... I'm seeing Devin Skillion here, and I'm just telling him, we need to catch up, Devin. It's been a while. And you had a hand in this event today. I, 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 haven't, I haven't been able to see any of it. Uh, you're welcome to sit down for a moment, but it's the mayor's time right now. But I think the mayor uh, appreciates what the work you do, and you know, 
on the air all the time. Glad, glad to yield my time to I, I, I can't, I can't speak for the mayor, so I, I wouldn't deign to do that. Well, but I just no, it was a great conversation. I think it was. Uh, um, uh, he, he's such a Santa Ono is such a, an amazing he is. personal story, uh, yeah. but he's really uh, he's such a personable guy. He really. is a I very got, personable. I got to only half the questions I had written down. Mary, not so. not all the presidents that you have. I can say this because I went to school there, and there were times yeah. when there were people who were not so personable. Yeah. I'll put it that way, and and certainly Mr. Mayor, uh, as one of the speakers, I think you introduced uh, Dr. Ono. I. You know, no one's come out of these doors without saying what a great job you did. That doesn't surprise me because whether it's up at Mackinac, at Sandy Barua's uh, Greater Detroit Regional Chamber Policy Conference, or anywhere else, including here today, you always get big marks for the way you uh, present in front of a crowd. Well, it's interesting with Santa Ono. I was an undergrad at Michigan when Harold Shapiro became the president, and I was a, a dorm leader, and so we thought we would invite the new president to South Quad for dinner. And so I wrote him a letter, and he accepted. And then they realized tuna bunwich was on the menu. And so uh, they scrambled to somehow find some steak. Uh, but Harold Shapiro came in. The students were all excited. He was in a suit. He was stiff. And you could feel he just wasn't comfortable being in the room with with the undergraduates. Santa Ono walks out of campus. Uh, it just goes from student to student, yeah. engaging in conversation. And he's beloved by, by the students in a very short period of time. It's been yeah. very heartwarming to see. It's, it, it does seem hard to believe it's been a little over a year. October of last year. Pretty amazing. And what's also good is he has two wins over Ohio State under his belt. (laughs) I do. Devin, I do love seeing a university president supporting this football team and this coach, Jim Harbaugh, through all the adversity. He stood by them. Strongly. It's a tricky time, and he was, I thought, pretty candid today, but we have to, we still have to wait. And, you know, the NCAA is not done, and whether you agree with the NCAA's rules on this or not, uh, you have to follow bad rules as much as you have to follow, you know, <laughs> yeah. the rules you agree with. Um, but so it, it's a tricky time, and as I, as he, as he said, I, I pointed out today, it, it, the first meeting that he had with the Regents last year, the first thing he said was, he, "We need to appoint a ethics and integrity commission." So this is stuff that's important to him, and it's probably you know not going to be fun to drag around whatever reputation or residue uh, this leaves. Uh, but we, we've we've still got a, a ways forward on this. I still think that the uh, the Big Ten commissioner was a wiener for handling it the way he did. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, doing it when the team is on the plane on the way on a Friday going into Veterans Day, so there's no there's no recourse at all. I just thought that was a, a cheap way to do it. Which I'm will sorry. make it all the more delicious as he hands the Big Ten championship trophy. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, you, could, you could feel it in the stadium. I was one of the last people uh, to leave the, the stadium Saturday night. I'll oh, be one of the first people there uh, in Indy this weekend. But the community, the students were there hours early, which is unusual right, at Ann Arbor. Right, right. But they are standing behind this team because these players have been through so much turmoil. They yeah. blocked it all out. As kids. They're and, kids. And, Let's and, not forget. They're and, kids. And they performed. You know, I've had a chance to get to know Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, Ladarius Henderson. You say they're kids. You sit with Blake Corum, and he's taking his NIL money and investing it uh, in houses in the city of Detroit. He passed they, out turkeys with his money. They have to grow up so much faster yeah, now. Yeah. And I was just so proud of the way the players handle themselves. Well, it's yeah. good of you to yeah. say. 
And, and Blake has been very generous with the money he's made. Like I say, for Thanksgiving, he was passing out turkeys to people who did not have them. Uh, I, I do need to ask you about this because we talked with Dr. Ona. You must feel great about the groundbreaking ceremony for the University of Michigan Center for Innovation in Detroit scheduled on the Thursday, December 14th. Look at the – I said this before. I'm going to say it again. Without you as the mayor, people would not feel comfortable investing in our area, in our city. And yet they do. They continue to do that. And here we have, you know, let's face it, with Ross. Stephen Ross is a big deal. And to get him to now be (laughs) investing in Detroit with Christopher Illich, with the University of Michigan, with the state of Michigan, that's huge. You've got to feel great about it. Well, we've had some big wins. The Jeep plant coming to Detroit, Bill Ford and the train station, uh, GM and and factory zero but i don't think anything is going to be bigger in the time i've been here uh, than the university of michigan building this graduate school in the city of detroit it will be producing uh, the leaders of the future businesses in robotics and software tech and engineering and mobility and climate change and stephen ross is setting up an incubator right next door they've done a great job in boston and in silicon valley of having your top talent be able to take their best ideas and build businesses we're going to finally in Detroit uh, start to do that, uh, and I do think it's going to end up ten, twenty years from now, maybe being the most important development. Wow, that's and and, and I'm honor bound to say, though I'm a Michigan man, as you know, Michigan State is investing in Detroit. They they bought the Fisher Building for goodness sakes. Uh, so you know, when when I was at the Detroit Medical Center, I convinced Michigan State to bring their osteopathic college here, and I certainly appreciate what Michigan State is doing now on research and, and the medical school, it's great for the city. But great cities have multiple universities. Wayne State University is a great university. Uh, but you go to Chicago, they've got multiple universities in their city. And what U of M is doing will raise the, uh, the status of Detroit around the country. Uh, and uh, we're just very excited about it. Mr. Mayor, thank you for coming by, and uh, and I wish I would have seen your little presentation. I heard it was great, but it always is every time I've ever seen he you. He didn't have any notes around, Paul, I'll tell you that. He doesn't. He had done his homework he, he, on, on Santa Ono. He doesn't need notes. Generally, when nope. he speaks, he's nope. speaking right from the heart. And, Devin Skillion, you always do a nice job, and you're the dean of uh, newsmen. The, you, I know you hate that. We had this conversation. I'm not going to go into <laughs> it. We the, don't have time. You're the dean of the... You, you're the dean of... Board Crim's replacement. You're, you're the, the dean <laughs> of anchors. Oh, my God. I, it kills him when I say that. But well, because it's really hard to say that about a young man, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, do you know any young men, Devin? Anyway, <laughs> Devin... I'm, I'm the father to one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true. Uh, good of you to be here and uh, moderating. And always, uh, Mr. Mayor, anytime we can do anything for you or the city of detroit you never hesitate we'll do it thanks paul w best best to dr sonia and uh, i want to hear about her experience uh, going in she did her duty jury duty today yep yep so I'm, I'm waiting to hear her too <laughs> <laughs> as we continue Proof that no one gets out of it that's, that's right as we continue on wjr All righty, our last guest to close us out is an old friend that we don't get to see very often. He's the chancellor at Oakland Community College, Chancellor Peter M. Provenzano, Jr., and it's been too long. It's been too long, but it's wonderful to be with you again this afternoon. It's it's very nice to have you with us. You're a fixture on the OCC campus. You work to infuse that shared vision for student and community success with a genuineness and endless energy and since joining i think is back in 2014 and we were around to to welcome you 
You've led several major initiatives, including focusing on the college's strategic goal to double the number of students who graduate by 2025. How's that going? It's going well. In fact, over the last few years, we actually increased it over 20%. Wow. And so this is something that, uh, this isn't just an initiative of, of my own. This is the entire college that is behind this. It's so important to create more degrees, credentials, certificates out there so that we can drive the economy. Are you, Chancellor, would you say your education's best kept secret? So one of the things that I've been talking about uh, around town, especially here in the hallways, is uh, a secret that I think we need to get the word out more because it shouldn't be a secret, uh, and that is dual enrollment in early college. And there's just not enough students out there that are taking advantage of it. And it's an awesome way for students in high school to take college classes and uh, get a jump start on their their education how, journey. How does that work? How does going to college in high school work? It's it's actually really simple. In fact, I refer to it as a, a sure thing. Um, while you're in high school, you take college classes, and you take one class, and you receive credit for high school and for college. And then you can take those classes and, and transfer those to uh, OCC, continue on with your journey at OCC, or you can transfer to a university of, of your choice. And as you know, at OCC, we have just tremendous transfer agreements with all of our university partners, not just around Michigan, but around the country. Well, in fact, uh, you, you like to teach by presentation, and you have a presentation, if you will, here, because you brought along a dual-enrolled student at Oakland Community College. Let's say hi to Joanna Rowe. Hi. Hi. So you're you're in high school and in college, or what's going on with you? Yes, um, I'm at my third year at OCC, and I actually haven't graduated high school yet. That's incredible. Isn't it amazing? They, you, you couldn't do that when I was around, but somebody pointed out I did the same thing. I went to community college for two years, Monroe County Community College, obviously in Monroe, and then I transferred to the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, of which I'm very grateful I could get in and do that. And because of that, I graduated debt-free. And, boy, when you tell a, a, a group of students that, they like like, what? Are you kidding? I mean, they applaud because it's so changed. But this is something, certainly, Joanna, you can do. And certainly, Chancellor, you have seen people do time and time again. We see students do it time and time again. And I think Joanna is... Uh, just an amazing example of a student who took full advantage of early college and dual enrollment. So she just turned 18 years old, and she already has an associate's degree. Wow. And she's looking to transfer to University of Michigan, which is why she's here. I thought I'd bring her and introduce her to uh, Did you get uh, a Santa chance? Ono. Oh, oh good. She has good. a picture taken. And uh, But she also, I think she came here with the intent of transferring to U of M. They gladly would like to, to accept her. Uh, but I also introduced her to Oakland University, who uh-huh. is well represented here. So I think there might be a little <laughs> bit of a tug of war between the two universities over uh, over Joanna, which I'm not surprised. Uh, universities absolutely love our students. What I hear from them all the time is how well prepared they are when they go to the university. Well, good for you. Uh, would you recommend what you have been doing to other students your age? Yes, definitely. It also prepared me a lot for going to a four-year university. I learned a lot of valuable skills and met a lot of important people. Well, that's excellent. I wish you good luck whether you choose to go to University of Michigan or Oakland University, both great colleges. 
I happen to favor one over the other yes. only because of my own experience. And a guy that we don't talk to enough, but this is changing because you've exchanged information with uh, Rieger, Dave Rieger, my producer, and he's now very aware of the chancellor of Oakland Community College, our good friend Peter M. Provenzano, Jr. So nice to see you again. You look great. And I'm thrilled with the unbelievable job you're doing out there and helping so many kids. Thank you, Paul Duffy. Appreciate all the support. Thank you. That's it. We're out of time. JR Afternoon, Chris Renwick up new- next. Stand by for news. Go on out make it a great rest of the day. On your way to making each and every day count each day is a gift. Uh, go to thegreatvoice.com if you missed anything. Download the WJR app. Stream through WJR.com. Alexa, Google Home. Thanks for streaming. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Regards, Paul W. Smith.